Percy, here's my question. A conflict between science and faith in God? No, Wayne, it isn't. I don't think so at all. In fact, the Holy Scriptures tells us that we are and we were fearfully and wonderfully made by God. The anatomy, biology, all of the things that goes into who we are, God fearfully and wonderfully created us. Perhaps we should discuss this with the medical doctor and get their point of view on the subject. We'll do that in just a moment and have that discussion with a physician who has come to terms with a question. Don't miss what's ahead. The following program is produced and sponsored by Cancer Treatment Centers of America. The information discussed during this program is not medical advice. Be sure to talk to your medical doctor for information and advice relating to your health. I'm so glad you've clicked the play button to join us now on Health, Hope, and Inspiration with our host, Reverend Percy McRae, Director of Faith-Based Programs at Cancer Treatment Centers of America. I'm Wayne Shepherd. Percy, today you're going to talk with a doctor on the program? I am. As you know, I love docs and I have great relationships <laughs> with them. I know them. you and do. So we're right. going to hear from another physician who also is uh, highly motivated by the intellect of medicine and science and biology, but who also is strongly nurtured and empowered by her spiritual orientation and faith in God. We'll meet Dr. Lynch in just a moment. We have a question we'd like to pose to our listeners this week. Do you want to uh, you want to verbalize the question we're asking people to respond to? Absolutely. So our question for today is is interesting, and I want you to give a lot of thought to this. What examples in our natural environment? have reassured you of the existence of God? What have you seen in the natural environment that constantly reminds or reassures you of the fact that there is a God? We'd like for you to respond to that and uh, send us your thoughts and uh, we'll read some of those when we have opportunity in future shows. Yeah, they're gonna have to put on your thinking cap on this one, but I think it's really valuable and I look forward to reading the answers. Earlier on a program, we asked, what was something you learned during your cancer journey? And I was looking at this response from a person in Mobile, Alabama. Even though I am a follower of Jesus the Christ, while going through cancer, God has been real and close when needed. Driving to and from CTCA in Georgia, I'm still amazed at his goodness. My mind is too small to take in all God is to us. His loving kindness endures forever. Praise God, and I thank God for this program. Well, thank you for that response. Absolutely. We appreciate that. Thank you. Do you want to go to Scripture before we uh, meet our guest today? Yeah, I'm going to read a, a very interesting Scripture today to really cement the idea of faith and uh, uh, spirituality and and medicine and science and how they can be combined and get some scriptural support around that dynamic today. And so Colossians, the fourth chapter, uh, 11 and verse 15, 11 through 15 is where we will extrapolate our spiritual nugget for today. And it says, Jesus, who is called justice, also sends greetings. These are the only Jews among my co-workers for the kingdom of God and they have proved a comfort to me. Epaphras, who is one of you and a servant of Christ Jesus, sends greetings. He is always wrestling in prayer for you that you may stand firm in all the will of God, mature and fully assured. Verse 13, I vouch for him that he is working hard for you and for those at Laodicea and Hyperpolis. Verse 14, our dear friend Luke, the doctor, Mm -hmm. And Demas sends greetings. Give my greetings to the brothers and sisters at Laodicea and to Nympha and the church in her house. 
And I wanted to highlight the fact that this is a letter that's being written uh, to Christian believers in the early church. And it's interesting that uh, the writer took their time to list out specific individuals that was part of the group of believers that was formulating uh, the foundation of the early first century church and listed everyone by name. And the particular name that I want to highlight is Luke. And then he gave his designation from a vocational perspective. And I always thought about why was it important to say that Luke was a physician or Luke was a doctor? The point simply today is we're going to talk to a doctor who is also a very strong and avid believer and that there is no conflict from God's perspective and nor should there be from our perspective with the two principles or disciplines uh, melding together. And so today we're going to talk about that and hear directly from a physician and a doctor who's going to talk about spirituality. Very good. Yeah, Luke was a man of science in his day, wasn't he, as a doctor? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I want to back up because we posed the question of the week, but I didn't tell people how to answer. You can answer okay. by going to our website, healthhopeandinspiration.com. At the top of the screen, click on connect and then answer a question and fill in your response there. Yes. Healthhopeandinspiration.com. With hospitals in Atlanta, Chicago, Philadelphia, Phoenix, and Tulsa, Cancer Treatment Centers of America takes an integrative approach to cancer care. They use conventional medical treatments to attack the disease while helping patients manage side effects and maintain their quality of life by using evidence-informed therapies like nutrition and naturopathic support, along with pastoral care, pain management, and other supportive care services. Treatments are tailored for each patient's specific needs. Visit our website, healthhopeandinspiration.com, and click on Sponsor to learn more about Cancer Treatment Centers of America, or contact a member of their team with questions you may have about your treatment options by simply calling 866-712-HOPE. That's 866-712-4673. Cancer Treatment Centers of America uses a patient-centered approach and a wide range of technologies and techniques to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com. We received inspiration from God's Word a moment ago, and now we get to be inspired by our guest today. Here's Percy. Well, I'm thrilled to speak with Dr. Cynthia Lynch, who is a 17-year physician and has worked at Cancer Treatment Centers of America Phoenix now for five years. Uh, She is an oncologist, and she also uh, is a member of the National Clinical Board of Breast Advisors. I believe I have that correct, and I'll let her unpack that in just a minute. Welcome to Health, Hope, and Inspiration. How are you, doctor? Wonderful, and very excited to be here today. Thank you so much for inviting me. Well, it's a real privilege. I love speaking to doctors. Some of my dearest relationships are with physicians, and I'm always interested in what motivates one to actually become a doctor. Would you mind sharing your motivation with us today? Mm-hmm. Um, I have just from a very young age, I have had uh, kind of two things that I have always loved. And one was um, I loved looking after people who were feeling ill. So as a child, if anyone was sick in my house, I wanted to be the one right by their side, taking care of them, whether it was, you know, helping my mom fix something for my sister or bringing her a drink. I just, I loved that ability to do something small for someone that made them feel better when they weren't feeling well. But I've just always loved human anatomy. I was, you know, I'm amazed by the body. I'm amazed at God's works. Um, when you look at, at, at one tiny cell and all of the things, amazing things that are going on in that one cell, I've just, 
you know, fell in love with, with the study of the human body. And so um, for me, it was a perfect blending um, to go into medicine. Well, and as I heard one physician that uh, we've interviewed on the show, uh, they said that they had an aha moment in one of their anatomy classes when they were going to school. And, and, and the reality was it is no way that the structure of the human anatomy could have been random, that there was not some super intelligent being that created the order of that and the consistency of that. And and the way that she described that, she said that for her solidified forever in her heart, that there was a God and a creator that facilitated that. And she basically submitted her intellect to the idea that there was a higher power behind that. So I love the way that you uh, articulated that. And of course, I've heard consistently, and I think it is very true. And some, I think, have even are, uh, defined it or uh, used the term a compassion gene, that there's just something kind of wired in you uh, naturally to want to care for others. And I think that in order to be in the field of your chosen profession, that that absolutely must be a critical component. So thank you for uh, responding to that call and responding to your natural instincts and, and your, your God-given intellect. Yeah, I mean, personally, I do not feel there's any conflict between the two, you know, because I feel like, um, you know, when I talk about, I mean, God created us, he, he knows our body intimately, and, and he's uh, providing, like you said, you know, for me personally, that desire to go in mm. and want to be a part of, um, you know, God's healing. So I do think that healing, you know, healing um, comes through the maybe through some of the works of man. But I believe that God works through us. Um, I heard years ago, a physician, actually many years ago, when I was in my training, um, it was a surgeon who had made the comment that um, he said, it's my hands, but it's God's work. Mm. And and I do feel like I, you know, every day I'm blessed to be able to um, do work in a profession um, that God has called me to do and um, to be, you know, his, his, his hands, um, you know, here on this earth. So I think in my mind, um, I don't see where the two conflict. I know in science, there's a lot of debates about things mm -hmm. in different areas of science um, that debate God versus, um, you know, that, that all of this just spontaneously came about. But I, I do feel like um, that um, the two can blend very nicely. There are times I, I know you have mentioned um, or alluded to too, where I know sometimes I've had patients who have feel a little bit of that struggle between um, should they be relying just on God for healing? Right. Um, and 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 I, when I say just on God, meaning feeling like they shouldn't allow anyone else to intervene. Um, you know, and and sometimes they have that conflict of should I accept this treatment, or uh, should I you know go off on my own and just wait for God you know a, a miracle to happen and God just to heal me? But I think God works through us. I mean, in in every aspect, God has called us to come together as a community to look after each other to nurture each other. And I see medicine just as another area of that. And, you know, I often say, and I, and I, two points to, to help, you know, further underscore that uh, position. And thank you for sharing is that number one, I find it most interesting that the great physician as Jesus is referred to, and I certainly do believe that. And I believe the scriptures of the stories of healing that were performed by Jesus, but it was interesting on his you know, his management team, you know, the disciples, uh, Jesus Inc., he had a physician that was on his team, you know, a medical doctor. So I find that ironic that, you know, though he was the great physician, he also had someone who studied and understood, you know, for that day and that time 
uh, as much as they knew and understood, you know, the dynamics of medicine and science or, or, or treating the physical body in that regard. So I find that, number one, very interesting. And then number two, to further clarify, uh, I believe it's the book of James that says that every good and perfect gift you know, medicine, science is a gift. It's just like anything else that we experience in our natural environment that we did not create on our own and in and of ourselves, but came from above, came from a higher power, an intellect, a creator, uh, someone who was a giver of that insight and that knowledge. And that is, of course, God. And so in that regard, obviously, for me, I see no conflict. And I appreciate you giving your perspective as a medical doctor uh, on that front. Having said that, uh, particularly working with uh, oncology patients. And and um, and one of the things that we shared in the opening is that you're part of a national clinical board as an advisor uh, about breast cancer. Let's talk about a little bit about that work and what that entails so people can kind of really gain some greater insight to, again, your clinical expertise, if you don't mind. Sure, absolutely. So, yeah, so in my um, day-to-day, as far as uh, medical oncology, I do uh, specialize in breast medical oncology. Mm-hmm. And so caring for, um, you know, a lot of women, some men too, fall yeah. into that category yeah. as well. And um, I do a fair amount in uh, research as well. So I, I actually have a strong passion for research. Yay for research. <laughs> Yay for <laughs> research. Yes. Yeah, I always say, you know, um, we always, you know, we always want to do better and provide better care, safer care, um, more effective care. And um, through research is how we, um, you know, how we get there. And so I love that. And then for the advisory uh, position that I have, that's kind of on our um, enterprise wide. So across the five CTCAs, um, we, you know, we come together uh, to look at different programming. And on that uh, group, I am advisor for uh, breast cancer. So we look at breast cancer programs across the enterprise and and ways that we can deliver um, all of those things, better care to patients um, and and uh, do that. So that's that's my role there. Well, in hearing that, and I think it's important, it's important to me, but I want it to be important to the audience that, that we speak to on a regular basis, uh, that there can be a commitment to clinical excellence and should be. And we want everyone that, that is under the sound of this broadcast uh, not to negate uh, having a good relationship with your medical uh, community, uh, sitting down, speaking with your your medical doctor, uh, responding accordingly and reacting and, and engaging as we talked earlier. You're, you're absolutely right there. Uh, unfortunately, I've met individuals over the years who absolutely ran from the medical community, had no confidence in medicine and science and, and almost it was like a bad word. Uh, to make reference to, you know, seeing your doctor because I'm a, I'm a person of faith and I'm just trusting in the Lord. And, you know, as if one would compromise or negate the other, we're talking about a healthy amalgamation and balance, but a commitment to clinical excellence. So, again, I love the idea of of you being part of ongoing research, you know, and I know that 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 term at the time of this recording has taken a black eye in the midst of all that has gone on with COVID and can we trust the science? But at the end of the day, that's how we've gotten to this point from a medical perspective. So we can have confidence that God is in the midst of everything. He's sovereign and he works in the midst of the clinical environment. He uses uh, the hands of people like yourself But that gift, that insight all came from above. And I'm excited to continue to uh, beat that drum to say, listen, uh, have confidence in our in our medical world, in our community. Listen to the spirit of God, be led by God, but also know that God can and does work in the midst of that. And there's a growing number 
of medical doctors who are Advent believers just like yourself. So I'm encouraged by that. Yeah, so I think definitely, you know, as a medical professional, you know, with COVID, um, you know, it has been, I would say it is unfortunately a very real thing, you know, where um, we are seeing people, you know, some, you know, people who are dying, lots of people who are dying from this disease and not just individuals who have underlying um, conditions. that predisposed to that, you know, they're uh, young people too, you know, unfortunately. So, so that's, that's the scary part. And I think that's why so many people, you know, um, recognize um, that we need to move quickly and do things to try to um, slow the spread and, and that, and, and thankfully now with the vaccines that are rolling out too, that'll hopefully, um, you know, improve the situation there. And um, on that note, if I may, if and, you know, if you're comfortable, I believe that you've had a personal experience with COVID-19 and a family member. You care to talk about that a little bit? Sure, sure. Absolutely. And I will say kind of God had his hand through that, um, too. Um, So just actually recently, about two weeks ago, I lost my father um, to covid um, he was, you know, he has some medical conditions. He's in his mid seventies, um, had some underlying conditions, mm. but, um, contracted COVID so and sorry to pretty hear that. W- quickly, um, declined. Um, so, but lots of prayers going up for him. And I know my prayers at the time were that, you know, God's will be done, uh, for him. Obviously I told, and I told my dad that too. I said, I'm praying for you. I'm praying God's will be done. But I'm also praying that, you know, yeah. if it's my choice, I want I want you to recover from this. Yeah. And, you know, and that wasn't, you know, that and didn't end up being the plan. You know, he did go on and pass. Um, he actually uh, as he his health was declining, he opted for hospice services because okay. um, he was it was the option of going on a ventilator versus um, just being supported. Mm. And I think he wanted the opportunity to be able to continue to talk with his family. It was important for him. He knew the odds were were not in his favor um, should he go on a ventilator. And so he um, had relayed to me at one of the last times that we spoke, he had said to me how comfortable he was with his decision and that he quoted the scripture from yeah. Philippians that, you know, this is the P he said, I have that peace that transcends all understanding. Yes. Um, and the day he passed, actually that came up as on my Bible app as wow. the verse of the day. And wow. it was just kind of God's way. I think of saying, you know, you know, I got this, I haven't left you. And I, I always say, I think that's the promise. And, you know, we know from the Bible verses, you know, that in this world, there'll be struggle, yes. but fear not, I've overcome that world. And so we know that we were made for a better place. I think I said things like this remind me that this is not my final home. Right. Uh, um, and, and, and it's that peace that God is always with us. And, and that's the peace in situations that are still very sad for us, yeah. you know, to process and hard to process. But, um, but yeah. Wow. First of all, allow me to extend my sincere condolences uh, on the loss of your dad. And and then, of course, secondly, thank you for the strength to be able to share that very difficult experience uh, with our listening audience. Uh, but if that wasn't enough, you also had an additional health challenge with one of your children as well. Is that correct? Yeah. So my husband and I, we have four children and um, our third uh, child was born with a congenital heart problem. And so we knew from a very early stage, actually, even before she was born, that she would be headed towards heart surgery Mm. at some point. And so she underwent heart surgery at about five and a half months of age and had um, 
complications during her surgery mm -hmm. um, to the point that her heart was not functioning. And um, the options at that time they said for us was basically we need to get her to a different hospital where she could get listed for a heart transplant because her heart has um, kind of, there, they didn't feel there was any hope of recovery mm -hmm. um, for her. And so, you know, we just spent, I've, you know, my background, my uh, background has always been to go, or my natural tendency is always to go to the Lord in prayer with everything. Yeah. And so uh, just lots and lots of prayers. In fact, I think all day long, I prayed, my husband was the communicator where he would let mm. everyone know what was going on. And he was recruiting more prayers, but I felt like my place was just to be in continual prayer uh, for her lifting her up. And, um, and we did get to a place where, uh, you know, cause it was very tenuous. We did not know for several weeks, whether or not she was going to survive. Mm. Um, she had had a stroke in the midst of it. So mm. even when we got to the place where they were going to list her for a heart transplant, they said, we're not going to list her now because, you know, if there's five other kids that need a heart, given her yeah. fact that she has a stroke now, she's just fallen to the bottom of the list. Mm -hmm. And so we knew that the only, the only option was for God to restore her heart. And um, so lots of prayers uh, went in for that. And my husband and I both came to a place where just, again, that peace that transcends all understanding. Okay. No no rational reason why you would come to a place where you feel like, God, if, if it's her time and, and, and that's your will and that's mm -hmm. what needs to be done to restore her, mm -hmm. then we came to a place where we were comfortable with that. Yeah. And um, thankfully, very, uh, very grateful um, that he did restore her heart. Mm -hmm. And so um, it was quite a turnaround. Um, it was quite a testimony, I think, to all the doctors, um, wow. you know, doctors and nurses and everyone who had cared for her who I think, you know, they were not sure of mm. their, their abilities to, to restore her. Um, but to witness that, um, you know, again, I think it was just, it was, uh, it wasn't, uh, it was God's grace yes. in healing her yes. and, but it did bring glory to his name. Uh, lots of people, you know, witnessed that amazing, um, amazing uh, miracle in my eyes. And I, and I believe the comment that you gave to me earlier in our pre-conversation is that you had, a physician has said that he had only witnessed this happen with a certain small number of children in that situation. Yeah, her uh, pediatric uh, cardiologist had said, and he was an older gentleman, mm -hmm. and he said, um, in my career, I've only seen two instances where wow. there was such a turnaround that you could only explain it by God's hand wow. being involved. And, wow. and he said she, she's one of them. Thank you for sharing both of those stories. They're, they're very personal, obviously. Uh, but I do think that they represent the balanced perspective that I think we all as believers need to have in entering any type of health challenge that we may be facing, cancer or whatever, that ultimately at the end of the day, God is sovereign, you know, and uh, we have been instructed and encouraged to pray, uh, to seek his face and and to and ask and to submit and supplicate on behalf of of ourselves and our loved ones, and we certainly should do that. Uh, but what I think is really important to clarify, and as both of those stories, I think, demonstrate very vividly, and, and I'm glad that th this is coming from a physician, someone who's part of the clinical environment, that, you know, there were two different outcomes in two different scenarios, uh, and, you know, you were in the midst of both of those as a believer, and I think that it helps to give us balance and perspective uh, at the end of the day. Uh, God is a healer. Uh, God can uh, do anything that he chooses to do when he chooses to do so, uh, but we do not dictate 
the outcome of what can or what we desire to have. But yet God is still in the midst of all circumstances and situations. And so uh, I appreciate so much you giving uh, your, your own personal uh, kind of introspective uh, experiences of what you've seen and heard. In our final moments, and I could talk to you forever, oh my goodness gracious, um, being who you are, what you do, and, and, and also what you believe from a faith perspective, uh, what gives you hope? What propels your hope or fuels your hope? What keeps Dr. Lynch hopeful? I would say, I mean, my hope is in, in, is in Christ, you know, honestly, I mean, that's, that is the purpose, you know, in my, in my life is, is that, and, and the hope of, um, that everlasting life, mm-hmm. you know, knowing that I absolutely love, I love, um, my family. I love my patients mm-hmm. and I love, uh, to interact and have those instances in that. But I know, as I mentioned, this is not, um, this is not my home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is not the home that we were created for. I, I love one of, I tell my kids all the time, they're probably tired of hearing it, but I love C.S. Lewis's quote that if you find in yourself a desire for something that nothing in this world satisfied, then you can only conclude you were made for another world. Wow. And so that's really where my hope lies is, is in that. I love that quote. And that is powerful. And uh, just uh, to kind of book in this and how is your daughter's health today and how old is she at this point? She is um, 14 now Praise and um, and she's doing well. She has most of her, she has some disabilities still from the stroke. She has some weakness. She definitely has learning disabilities related to the stroke, mm-hmm. um, but her heart is doing quite well. Um, it's quite amazing, um, you know, given that they thought her only um, hope was in a heart transplant and she, um, you know, she runs around and, um, and she's amazing all of us every day. Thank God for that testimony, and thank God for you, Doctor. I appreciate you so much. Today, you have heard from Dr. Cynthia Lynch, 17-year physician, oncologist, has worked at Cancer Treatment Centers of America for five of those years, and she is a part of the National uh, Breast Clinical Board as an advisor uh, who looks at ongoing research and growth and development of of uh, practice and what can be done with regard to treatment and care of cancer, a believer, a mother, and uh, most importantly, just a child of God. Today, I call you friend and I salute you and I thank you for your commitment of excellence to clinical care and excellence to the kingdom of God. Thank you so much. It's been my pleasure. And Percy will rejoin us here in just a moment. We have a resource available to you. It's called Fighting Cancer with Genomics. That resource is free, and we'll ask Percy more about it here in just a moment. You're listening to Health, Hope, and Inspiration. If you're concerned that you or someone you love may have cancer, consider reaching out to Cancer Treatment Centers of America for personalized diagnostic services. Cancer Treatment Centers of America is a national oncology network of hospitals and outpatient care centers that treats the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Visit our website at healthhopeandinspiration.com and click on Sponsor to learn more about Cancer Treatment Centers of America or contact a member of the team with questions about your diagnostic and treatment options. The number to call is 866-712-HOPE, 866-712-HOPE. And our website, again, is healthhopeandinspiration.com. That resource is available. Percy, what's in this? Fighting Cancer with Genomics. Well, in, in, in the most simplest layman's terms that I can utilize, it helps us to understand uh, the dynamic of the, the genome and how genetically the DNA of, 
of cells of cancer can be now uh, reviewed and identified and potentially treated very specifically from that genetic profile. And mm. so uh, it helps to kind of move the cancer continuum in the direction of treatment that not necessarily using just a cookie cutter format, but allowing uh, the scientists of the day and the science of the day to be more precise and exact mm. with how to treat a particular person's type of cancer. And so it gives us great information and insight in terms of the clinical methodology of how to move forward more specifically in treating uh, people's cancer and their diagnosis more specifically. So it's a fascinating document. Yeah. Uh, and, and and we need to really kind of look at it and understand that there's great advancement on the horizon with regard to the treatment of this disease. Well, I like how it's in layman's terms so we can begin to understand the science behind it. Well, that mm-hmm. resource is available free of charge at healthhopeandinspiration.com. I'm so grateful that you have the uh, relationship with the doctors and staff that you do at Cancer Treatment Centers of America. Dr. Lynch was a wonderful guest. She truly was. She blessed my heart. She has such a sweet spirit. And, you know, with that, one of the things that I I took from this again, because there's a perception, uh, rightly or wrongly, that, you know, sometimes doctors can be a bit standoffish, Mm -hmm. a bit sterile. Uh, a little, you know, one dimensional, you hear the dimension of the humanity and the humility of, of this particular physician and scientist. And she shared some wonderful personal, you know, uh, reflections, uh, of her own kind of experience with her family members that allowed us to kind of see, uh, the balance and the counterbalance of faith and science Mm -hmm. and medicine and spirituality, and still yet maintaining a commitment uh, to her faith and still maintaining a commitment to her study of clinical excellence as as a healthcare provider. You're so correct in saying that we, not just with medical professionals, with so many people we see as one-dimensional. And to hear Dr. Lynch talk today as a human being who has suffered loss and pain herself, the loss of her father to COVID, the struggle with her child with congenital heart defects that were healed by God. I mean, these these made her very real to me. It did, and I think that today uh, people want to connect with real people who are their physicians that helps them to uh, show their humanity and receive the humanity that allows them to just be who they are in the face of medicine and science and sickness and disease. And I thought that she just was a fantastic example of that. And I just thank God for her gift, for her spirit, and for her commitment to God and commitment to uh, medical excellence. Well, this may be one of those interviews I suggest our listeners go back and re-listen to to capture all that she was sharing. So you can do that easily with this as a podcast. And by the way, Mm -hmm. have you subscribed to this podcast at healthhopeandinspiration.com? That makes it easy to catch new episodes as they're released. healthhopeandinspiration.com. I'm going to repeat our question of the week. If you'd like to go to that website and answer, we'd be very grateful. What examples in our natural environment has reassured you of the existence of God? I'm looking forward to your answers at healthhopeandinspiration.com. And I'm so glad that you opened with an introduction to, uh, to, uh, to Dr. Luke here earlier today, Percy. Yeah, so we'll go back and we'll just read this for, again, to close this segment out, Colossians, the fourth chapter verses 11 through 15. And the writer is helping us to understand something, and I think notating something that's important. He says, Jesus, who is called justice, also sends greetings. These are the only Jews among my co-workers for the kingdom of God, and they have proved to comfort to be comfort to me. Uh, Epaphras, who is one of you and a servant of Christ, Jesus sends greetings. 
He is, he is always wrestling in prayer for you that you may stand firm in all the will of God, mature and fully assured. Verse 13, I vouch for him that he is working hard for you and for those at Laodicea and Heropopolis. And then verse 14, our dear friend, our dear friend mm-hmm. Luke the doctor and uh, Demas send greetings. Give my greetings to the brothers and sisters at Laodicea and to Nympha and the church in her house. In other words, the writer is letting us know clearly that among the brethren and among some of the leadership of the brethren of the early church, that there was relationship with a medical doctor of the day, a man of science, a man of intellect, but still yet had the ability to connect his faith and his relationship with God, and neither of the two were in conflict one with right, another. that's the point. We heard that today with this physician that we talked to. As a matter of fact, one of the statements that she made that I thought was very powerful, that as a doctor, it is my hands, but it is God's oh, work. Oh, I loved it when she said that, yeah. And so when we remember that and put that in its proper context, and also the statement that God works through doctors and works through us, we are reminded and encouraged and empowered around the idea that talking to a medical physician, utilizing medicine and science is not a conflict of our faith. It it is allowing us to have the best of both worlds working on our behalf as we continue to give ultimate glory and honor to God, who is the creator and the giver of all perfect and good gifts. Mm -hmm. And so be encouraged today to be a person of prayer and faith but also make sure that you exercise and extend yourself to the medical science of the day that also has its value and benefit. And as I told my physician recently, you may have gotten all of the cash, but God gets all of the credit. (laughs) All right. Well, if you were encouraged by what you heard on Health, Hope, and Inspiration today, I hope you'll share it with others. So easy to share this podcast around. And you can do that through our website, healthhopeandinspiration.com, or many podcast platforms as well. We'd love to hear from you as well, healthhopeandinspiration.com. First, we got to wrap it up, but God bless you. We'll see you next time. Well, we're going to scoot, but we'll be back again, same time, same channel. But in the meantime, remember, we have work to do. Therefore, keep chopping the wood. Thanks for listening to Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Health, Hope, and Inspiration is produced and sponsored by Cancer Treatment Centers of America. If you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America. We treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Our hospitals in Atlanta, Chicago, Philadelphia, Phoenix, and Tulsa take an integrative approach to cancer care. We use conventional medical treatments to attack the disease while helping patients manage side effects and maintain their quality of life by using evidence-informed therapies like nutrition and naturopathic support, along with pastoral care, pain management, and other supportive care services. Treatments are tailored to each patient's specific needs. Visit healthhopeandinspiration.com to view our cancer-related resources or to contact our oncology information specialists about questions you may have about your treatment options. Working together under one roof, our cancer experts use state-of-the-art technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com.